Hey, Bob and Joyce listeners, Bob Stapleton here. Today, Joyce and I, we explore the topic of why employee benefits matters now more than it ever has before. And if you take a look at what companies traditionally have done in the past, they determine their pay benefits by looking at the competitive marketplace, similar size companies, and essentially mimicking that offer. Well, it worked in the past, but it no longer works today. That if a company isn't factoring in the values and culture of the company and what employees demand and want most, they're gonna miss the mark. So why are we having this conversation today? You need to look no further than the great resignation that's occurring across the country. And we think that it's happening because too many employers are struggling to pivot from past pay practices around benefits that no longer applies. So in today's episode, you'll get the importance of having leadership, OD, and HR at the table to have this conversation. We'll talk about why benefits like PTO, work from home, health and wellness needs to be reinvented. And we'll give you examples, practical examples, of companies that integrate culture and values into their employee benefits in a way that they meet the lifestyle demands of their employees. So, welcome, come on in, grab a snack. Hey, Bob. Hey, Joyce. How Do you, you have today? a snack? <laughs> Do you have a snack? You know, this is really odd. I'm snackless. So, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling a little bit uh, uncomfortable, but I'll, I'll get through it. I don't you? have coffee. I have ice water. <laughs> I end up with ice water for Pete's sake. Anyway, um, today is a, I thought we could talk about this. What are the attractions <laughs> that are going to be needed to stem the flow of people saying to heck with working in a large company? I want more in my life. I want more freedom, I want more autonomy, I want more money, and I think I can make it on my own, which I think is a fallacy, but we can come back to that. What makes working for maybe a large company, let's say 50 or more, up to bastante mas, <laughs> what makes it attractive? What attracts and in specifically, I was thinking of the benefits, not in the traditional sense, but what are the benefits and what do they need to look like and something like that. How do we, what's the magnet that's going to bring people back? Yeah, I, I think this is or a conversation. <laughs> yeah, I think this is a conversation that has just started uh, but there's a lot of headwind. And so I yeah. think this is a great topic. Um, Good. Be brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'll, I'll lay out the context. And um, when I w uh, was working inside a company in HR, I put a lot of focus on pay, what we pay people. You wanted to be competitive. You wanted mm -hmm. to be able to hire the best. Mm -hmm. And and what followed behind pay was what we referred to as employee benefits. And uh, a couple of examples of that would be paid time off, yeah. uh, sick leave, yeah. uh, vacation, 
yeah. your health and wellness benefits. And I always saw those as kind of transactional, a cost of doing business. Everyone else had them. So we needed to have some level of benefits that were competitive. And looking back and looking at where we are today, you cannot have that perspective on what I've kind of in my own head have referred to them lately as lifestyle benefits. Mm-hmm. You know, w- w- what is the company providing so that I can live uh, in a manner where I feel satisfied, where I feel energized, where I feel free? And that was not in my thinking at all uh, 15, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. To be specific, one of the attractors that I think is huge and that with one of the companies that we worked in did that was stock options. Yeah. I think that's progressive and huge and wonderful. Can you talk about it a little bit for those that people that don't understand how it works? It's so powerful. <laughs> so, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of, I'll, I will thread the needle on this and I'll okay. try to do it uh, in a way that we get back to answering your question. If I look at like employee uh, uh, stock purchase plan, mm-hmm. where you That's you get to buy you you get to buy a little bit of stock each quarter uh, through a payroll deduction uh, that ultimately you're getting it at a discount to what the market is, and so uh, there's that which is uh, a pretty good benefit. Uh, in addition, you're mentioning stock options, which is an award that's granted by the company that gives you the opportunity uh, to own more and more stock over time. And uh, once again, I always thought those as kind of transactional, a little bit of an extension of your compensation, which uh, arguably it is. But if you think about in terms of uh, life choice and where do I want to work and where do I want to be comfortable, having an organization that helps you build wealth uh, over time uh, through uh, sharing in the success of the company, uh, yeah, that's that's huge. I, it's kind of an uh, automatic alignment in in a very pragmatic way. Oh yeah, and and alignment in a lot of ways. What I think employees uh, value, but probably more importantly, or as importantly, uh, it's bringing the company's values and culture uh, in a very concrete way mm-hmm. uh, as as a part of. Uh, their pay benefits, you know. What do you think, and I like your lifestyle uh, considerations. (laughs) What do you think about purpose-driven? That's a big thing now that you have to be purpose-driven. Talk to me about that. So is it my purpose? My purpose is to feed my family. My purpose mm-hmm. is to work part-time to pay for me going to college. Um, you and I have been in food retailing. Was our overriding purpose to provide food to people? Mm. You know, so I think that's about thought. the difference between organizational purpose, values I get, but. Um, you know, I, I think what you're saying is at the heart of what's causing the great resignation. You know, Uh the universal, uh, you know, rejection of either the type of work that people have done in the past or the company they've worked for. Uh, And if I kind of give the way it was and and current reality, 
uh, I think the way it was, it was primarily um, company um, purpose driven, you know, uh, practical things like what can we afford? Uh, what uh, do we want to do in terms of uh, sharing and motivating our uh, employees? And if I look at the current reality, all those things still come to play. And where I think being able to provide for my family is a very real and concrete and basic need. I think the pandemic has shattered uh, either the company's purpose driven uh, without regard to employees. And I think that employees today are voting with their feet because they're expanding um, that notion of what purpose means. So it is about providing for my family, but you know what? It's about uh, being at home with the kids. Mm -hmm. uh, it's about picking up my, my child at the end of the day. It's about having a baby and be able to uh, take time off with my spouse to be with uh, that new baby. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and there, there are others, but those are just a few that mm -hmm. come quick to mind. They're all purpose-driven in terms of what do I want to have as a lifestyle to live the fullest, most productive life that I can. So it's individual purpose-driven. Yeah. And so how does a company purpose fit with that? And I'm thinking about a particular food retail company where you were there. We had a discussion uh, that had no purpose. It was dialogue. And as we talked, the purpose for food retailers in that room, what they loved was trying to be very progressive about, the, about people at work, the human element uh, in a co very competitive environment. It wasn't so much food. It was, we want to show that you can do progressive people paralysis in a tough environment. That was the purpose of the top group. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Yeah. It had nothing to do with cans out the door. No, nothing. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, we used to kind of uh, yeah. uh, kid ourselves about what our business was. I think um, we were all a little surprised. Yeah. Oh, I, oh yeah. You, you know, want to prove it can be done. What, what, what uh, burbled to uh, the top of my thinking is I was listening to you, Joyce. Uh, think about your worst uh, work environments, which are chaotic, uh, maybe even putting you at health risk. Um, horrible, even boss, those, horrible boss, horrible boss, even in those environments, um, uh, a person can find uh, themselves in the work that they're doing. I mean, it doesn't kind of dismiss the other things that aren't going well, but, um, you know, I, I'll simplify it. I, I think in today's environment, there's the work and it's what you said, it's the purpose it's why are we, why do we exist? Uh, and is that uh, a good and noble outcome? You know, I think cigarette companies are having a horrible time finding best talent. And yep. there are other examples that uh, yep. the industries that essentially uh, made a you huge profit. Don't proud to work don't do good. Yeah. So there's the work. Um, and that example you just gave about being in the grocery business uh, shows that there's a collective that was totally uh, behind uh, what the company's purpose was. And then I think the new dimension is how does the work get done? So yeah. there's the work uh, and then there's 
how how am I going to be in uh-huh. this new environment or this current environment that I feel rewarded totally free in terms of expressing myself and living my life to the fullest? Um, I hit my pause button because I, I <laughs> well, needed to, or, I need well, to hear your voice. About living life to the fullest because there's also that there was this magnet of frenzy, crazy more, better, faster, which just makes me gag to say it. And it's like the magnetic force stopped and everybody kind of fell away from their workplace. And I, I picture people panting, going, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm resting, I'm thinking. Um, I wonder where survival comes in. Or in other words, right now, people sort of have the power, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. More yeah. so than ever. Yeah. Um, so let's, what would you do to attract people? Let's talk about from that way. The, the reality is people have been forced to take a break. They've been forced to see that life is precious and fragile. They've begun to experience more uh, close, continuous ties with people they were sequestered with or whatever. The whole, everything that we had given up to have our heads down doing the job has come to the fore. What would attract? So you are the head of a large company. What would you do to attract people to come back in? Uh so my first and we're saying and, and you've sort of said and it's not primarily pay. Yeah, I I, I think you start from uh, from a baseline of you may not have all the answers. So yeah. that leads you to inquiry and exploring through conversation, meeting mm-hmm. with current uh, employees. Yeah. You know, why do you work here? Uh, what keeps you here? Yes. Uh, you That's know, a and at the same what keeps you here. Yeah, and then to be able to ask, wh- wh- where would you like it to change? What could we do better? Mm-hmm. Where where do we kind of bump into those lifestyle issues? And I, I think that, I think your current employees uh, will give you a clear, uh, uh, a clear idea of where you're hitting it right, but also where you're not hitting it right. Um, you just have to set up the safe environment uh, by uh, creating not only that safe space, but the fact that you're asking it seriously. We That's have, what I would do. Yeah, and we have talked about this before, but a search conference methodology could be great. Oh, I, I think for sure. Yeah, and um, we can come back and, and dive deeper on how you do that. But I ran a search conference on future work in Sweden with a, a high potential group of leaders from across um, the multinational, you know, the Europeans, uh, everything, everybody was there, all the companies with various points of view. And we also brought in a lot of um, Swedish young kids that were at a business school. And we did a search conference. And they, they said uh, that what is being said now, we want to come and go easily. We don't, we want to get the results done. We don't want to be micromanaged. We want to bring, they be able to bring our pets to work. We want the boundary between work and home to evaporate. We want to come in comfortable clothing. Um, 
We want the freedom to uh, come and go according to what's pulling us in other directions than work. And we want to be proud of where we work and what happens there. And then I looked up on the stage where I had our uh, top leaders sitting. First of all, they were all in business clothes. They looked so antique, <laughs> so out of it. And I don't think they took it in. I mean, did you ever hear about the results from that? Well, I, you know, I, I, I don't know the results. First of all, I think everything you described about those business school students yes. that came in, I think those conditions are what's driving a lot of what we see in the world today. These are demands. This is the way I want yes. to live my life. Yeah. And if I wasn't sitting on that stage, but I, I was kind of doing it while you were kind of going down the list of things they said, I imagine everyone uh, up on that stage, their judge, you know, and, and critical uh, I was totally knocking the ideas away. Well, of course, you know, why don't you become a monk if that's what you, I, I just well, And see, I think what they were really saying is, oh, you just wait a little while. You just yeah, wait till yeah. you get married. You just wait till you have a kid. Yes. You just wait and, and reality you know, will hit you. Yeah. And the reality of being in um, a pandemic uh, that affected every human on earth, uh, whether they uh, uh, had the disease or not, uh, I, I don't think there's waiting till the next generation. Uh, I think no. people want it now. And uh, I like that about this horrible tragedy of the pandemic. We are jumping two generations of leadership development and yeah. organizational oh, development. No doubt. It was coming. It was coming and uh, it's here uh, faster than we can adapt. I, I'll give you a, a practical example um, right, right now, it's, it's no secret that in the hospitality industry, restaurants, uh, oh. you know, uh, hotels, yeah. um, that they're struggling mightily to find help. Um, and if I think about the, the restaurant industry uh, in particular, there are organizations, as a matter of fact, San Francisco mandates it, where, where wait staff and other employees in restaurants that never got health benefits now get good quality health benefits. Yeah. So why do I even use that as an example? You have all of these organizations that are saying, I can't find any help. Uh, I, I can't serve lunches anymore. Right. I, I close right. on Sundays. Uh, those are all options. But to ask the questions that I mentioned earlier, what do you like about working here? What drives you away? And then getting creative Mm -hmm. in in coming up with and maybe it's the what if exercise we did a couple of weeks ago yeah what if we gave every employee health benefits what if we rotated saturday nights off every third week i you know yeah um, and what if and it's they just not tell us what the magnet is what is yeah. the magnet that attaches people to a particular workplace yeah i mean and, and Women yeah. are treated miserably, but they love food. Well, how you know what's what are the individual trade-offs? Yeah. I would love to do a values uh, conversation with the group where you give everybody the same number of um, values that are delineated, and then you have to trade them to see where your top three really are. And if you did that within a company, to say, okay, huh? 
not money. Yeah, it's 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 getting out of the old mindset of what is the market demand that we do. You know, what is the minimum threshold that we have to provide this level of lifestyle benefits, and then the second lens is what can we afford. To me, that's that was kind of the old way. Yeah, and what we've been talking about kind of just shatters that perspective or that yes. process. Yeah. Um, decide, and- decide, well, and, and you and I uh, both study and work in the area of positivity. So yeah. what do you want to be? And then what you need to support that will, will appear. You'll, you'll create it. Um, yeah. Gosh, the old paradigm is so strong. I had a conversation with my granddaughter this morning because she was uh, doing social studies and talk, learning about feudalism. And I said, what do, you, what's, what do you think a leader should be? And I, you know me, I'm always going, what's the one word? With a, I said, give me one word that you think a leader should be. And this from an eight-year-old, she said, decent. Oh, wow. <laughs> what, <laughs> what a simple word, but it's so packed with yeah. meaning. Yeah, decent. Uh, you know, I... We're close to time. Um, I, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out uh, a hope that organizations will shift from lifestyle benefits as a competitive kind of threshold that you have to give to really looking and asking what people value and and how you can create uh, the best possible workplace. Um, a lot of the resistance to that comes from well, we can't afford it or we can't run our business if we do it that way. And what I find interesting is if you would ask any of these companies or organizations that are now paying $15 an hour and $20 an hour for a a McDonald's uh, person flipping hamburgers or bagging groceries in a supermarket, if it was three, three years ago, you would have the experts within that industry say, never happen, it'll bring us to our knees. Are you know we won't make any money and and oh guess what uh, necessity is the mother of invention yes. they're all now paying fifteen dollars at last they cannot not afford it oh uh, that that's that's where I think we are Joyce and I do too. Um, and you I'm know, glad I, I for it I hate the we're in profound transition yeah. so and it, well we've talked about transition and we will again. But boy, you have to just uh, get yourself grounded as a leader. And I yeah. don't think they are. I think they're still saying, whoa, what do we do to just well, get somebody in here to do Well, well, well yeah, there's a lot of headwinds, uh, both in terms of uh, the, the culture, the way the company did operate. And we, we just talked about being able to hit a bottom line with 15 bucks an hour. Um, I guess I'd like to leave our listeners with, if you aren't having this conversation, yes, and whether you're struggling, can't find the help, losing people, or you're in what you think is an okay situation, in both cases, you need to be having the conversation that you and I have had today. Yeah. What will be your attractor? Is it yeah. your product? Is it lifestyle? It's variety. Is it being decent. Gosh, that would be, uh, that would be a good uh, employee handbook. 
two words, be decent. <laughs> yeah. So Joyce, uh, yes, do you have yeah. any cl closing <laughs> thoughts? I think this is very creative hubbub. Yeah. And I'm so interested in helping and well, of course, organizational development people get in there, <laughs> help support this, make it happen. Don't be intimidated by the not knowing. Oh, deep HR people ought to be comfortable with not knowing. You have to go explore. New, new forms are coming. Help them be birthed. Absolutely. Well, cool. I'm going to let that be the final word. So say goodbye, Joyce. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Thank you for joining us on the Bob and Joyce podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and picked up an idea or two to go forward and do great work. For more information, please visit us at bobandjoyce.com. If you like today's podcast, please click subscribe. And even better, give us a quick review on Apple Podcasts. It supports us and helps others to find the show. If you'd like more ODHR content, please follow us on Facebook by searching for Bob and Joyce Podcast. Until the next time, be well and be safe.